The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can with Heather Wagonhalls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Heather will show you how to stop chasing your wallet, eliminate debt, lose financial stress, and live the life of your dreams. If you truly ever wanted to have more, do more, be and give back more, now's your chance. Listen weekly to hear what others are doing to manage their money better with these proven strategies for building wealth with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy. Now, here's your host, Heather Wagonhalls. So much for starting the show ride. Hey, here, here we're we here go. now. Yay, this we're summer we're... <laughs> Push the red button the red with the button circle. Is on. <laughs> Make sure it's flashy. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by. This part of the Keys to Riches is sponsored by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download at keystoriches.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are here. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, your hostess with the financial mostess. And I am flanked by the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, and- folks. We will help you get your money mind right with the Keys to Riches financial philosophy, shall we? Sounds like a good idea. In addition to the moolah word of the day, what is our key? Well, our key today is number five, take emotion out of the picture. Yes, take emotion out of the picture. So we've come so far in our keys. Uh, we're uh, approaching halfway. Halfway. I like, like six and a half is halfway. Six since- and a half. <laughs> After the sixth show, but before the seventh show, we're halfway. (laughs) So, uh, yes, Um, we have just an amazing show. Uh, I'm still in the vibe and the after effects of Freedom Fest. It was so enlightening and so important. And yes, it's really, really tough because all three of my speeches, the two I gave at the Atlas Society Summer Summit plus the... uh, um, Turning Critics into Converts speech I gave at Freedom Fest all have to do with my biology-based approach to money management. Yeah, yeah. And so that was what was so cool, and it all circles around this key. So that's what was so great um, about being able to kind of spread the wealth because now um, the people that took that workshop, because they were always like curious, well, what is biology-based money management? What does that mean exactly? That sounds scary, weird, and kind of... Intriguing all at the same time. <laughs> I've been explaining it, you know, like, uh, you know, people ask me what I do, you know, because I'm a musician. Obviously, this is something new for me to be producing radio. And uh, and they and I've been explaining it to people and they're very interested. This this musician came in yesterday and he said, I'd really like to hear the show. You know, and it's like it wasn't just him. I've ex- tra- explained it to a lot of people. Did he like the mic flags? <laughs> he, he did. That's what actually got him. He, and you know what? He couldn't see the your. Oh. So he said, what does Unlock Wealth mean? What is Unlock Wealth Radio? Oh. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Color the word your in differently. Perhaps maybe go. just an outline. How about yellow? <laughs> <laughs> maybe we just put a little black line. It's silver, like, you know, the color of money. We've got green for the color of money. we got yeah. silver yeah. for the color of money. Yeah. 
Who knows? So anyway, so this week's key is all about uh, learning how to uh, keep your passions in perspective. So uh, that's the thrust of this show. And I'm going to share with you the uh, way the three amigos do their information processing because it will dovetail into what we need to do next week. With uh, And do you remember what next week's key is? Uh, Next week's key is hope for the best, plan for the worst. There we go. There we go. I'm impressed. Yes. And so this key kind of like is a precursor, if you will, to next week's key. So we're going to talk about keeping our passions in perspective and specifically how we do that to control our physiology because that's the key to being effective. Uh, I can't wait for the video to be edited so we could put that up on the website, uh, my my different classes, because the experiential workshop was just blew people out of the water. Oh, neat. They were so freaked out. I, we did some timeline work, you know, like where are you living? You know what I mean? Because, you know, when we talk about objectivism and being an objectivist, it's all about having the capacity to reason and to use logic, but we can't if our biology gets in the way. And people just did not realize that. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about how many, you know, philosophy classes or or paradigms or uh, strategies for successful living that you've heard over the years from people, and and yet, like, it sounds good. You're like, oh well, I, I, I can adopt those principles, but then somehow, like, it never happens. Like, because I, I always give this example: we already know to spend less and save right. more, right? But we don't. We don't do it. We don't do it. And why is that? Well, it's because our biology gets in the way. And that's what I tell everybody now when I give them the little spiel. Yay! You'd be proud of me. I'm a good little salesman here. Outstanding. It's good to see your selling shoes on. Yeah. That's wonderful. So let's talk about our moolah word of the day first, shall we? So we can get this out of the way, and then we can get on to our fabulous key for this week. Uh, So our moolah word of the day is actually the phrase. And the phrase is traditional economy. Hmm. So a traditional economy is an underdeveloped economy in which communities use primitive tools and methods to harvest and hunt for food, often resulting in little economic growth. Traditional economies are often found in rural regions with high levels, levels of subsistence Farming. Countries that evolve their economies past the traditional level often develop into market economies or command economies. So a market economy is, you know, um, where the market dictates. So you think of free markets. A command economy is where the government controls the economy. It tells mm-hmm. you what to build and how much to sell it for and all of that good stuff. Uh, so uh, Subsistence farming means that they're producing enough for those in their community. They're not producing excess to be sold. They're they're producing enough to barter within each other. So that's a traditional economy. Mm -hmm. And and so so if you can think about some of the countries that um, still have tribal customs, tribal um, leadership, things like that, uh, immediately what comes to mind are are, um, some of the different tribes in Africa – that still live primitively mm-hmm. um, in some of the rural parts of India. You see a lot of tribal living, but we could even have, you know, a traditional economy here. I think about the Amish. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, so sure. so they have their own little society within the society. Mm-hmm. Although the first time I was in Amish country, I thought it was really crazy to see uh, a buggy with a horse parked at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? How about how- the Hasidic community too? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, they kind of they produce you know wealth and and distribute yeah. it amongst their own. Right. You know. Um so so those are kind of some examples of what could be uh traditional economies. Um uh so we have obviously evolved past that and uh we were a market economy but we're more of a mixed economy. We got a messed up economy. Because there's too much government interference. Yeah. We're not so much market as we are command. Yeah. We, we've got too much stuff that is punitive. Yeah. It makes why why do people want to produce? Oh, it's I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I didn't develop my business into more than just a sole proprietorship, I didn't want the headaches. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want the headaches. And I probably knew I could make a lot more money, but I didn't want the headaches. Well, yeah, because you got to Why would you? you know? depend on other people. And then, you know, the more you depend on other people, the more you open yourself up to uh, uh, litigation. Well, it's I mean, just all the taxes, too, the sales tax and the... And you got to keep track of all of that stuff. Yeah, it's very punitive to yeah. be a businessman in America, yeah. and uh, which is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. We really need to work on that. We yeah. need to get back to something different. Simplify. No question. Well, that's our word of the day. So traditional economy. Now let's move forward, shall we, and explore this week's key. How about it? Sounds good. So uh, so for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the show. Uh, we're so glad to have you. Uh, whether you came over from our sister show at unlockyourwealthradio.com or just kind of found us, we're so glad that you are here. However you got here, we're thrilled because we want to share with you how to become financially free. So the Keys to Riches uh, is a financial philosophy I created that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building, uh, transforming your current financial habits um, into healthy money management skills. And we do this one key at a time. One week at a time here at the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. So this key is a critical piece because all the stuff that we learn about managing our money is for nothing if we can't control our physiology enough to execute and create the new behavior patterns that we need. So I've spoken of this on other shows and I don't recall – I sprinkle it in here and there. But let's, let's kind of walk through it. All the way. So I'm going to give you the three amigos model for information processing. And I'm also going to give you how we respond to things so you can understand at a biological level what I mean by taking emotions out of the picture. Because it's more than just emotions that we need to take out of the pictures. We, we need to take, um, you know, uh, our ability to respond to the next level. And, and in order to do that, we need to control our emotions um, and be impartial as much as we can. And the only way to be impartial is to be at peace uh, with ourselves. And so that's kind of what I'd like to talk about. So um, if you think in terms of the brain and biology, the brain is fascinating. And it, it's you probably have heard the analogy of an iceberg – or an island, you know, so the part that you see above the waterline is about 12% of the actual iceberg. The same is with our conscious in relation to our subconscious. So we have 12% conscious activity. 
Our conscious activity is limited to balancing seven to nine things plus or minus two at any given moment. Think of phone numbers. There's your seven digits. Yeah. Okay. So seven to nine things plus or minus two. Then you've got this 88% that is your subconscious. So this part of your brain can handle 4 billion bits of information per second. Wow. It's amazing. It's super powerful. We haven't tapped. How do they figure that number out? Oh, based on imaging and, and yeah. activity, you know, yeah. you, you can see we're only using about 12% of our brains. Wow. It's, uh, it's pretty nifty um, to see how some of these brain scans light up. I've, I want to go get wow. one. I'm so bad. I just had to make the time and go do it. I tried to get one done a couple years ago and scheduling. They were moving their offices. And so I was all set to go to California to Dr. Amon's clinic. And then they had to reschedule with me. And then psh, I lost my window of opportunity because wow. I wasn't going to be back in California for some time. So that was really heartbreaking for me. But it's amazing uh, <clears throat> how detailed these can be and, and, and the information that you can glean from this. But, the, uh, you know, um, what happens is, um, let's take, it, for example, habits, okay? The brain is basically lazy. So it creates these neural pathways, and over time, each time we successively repeat something in a particular fashion, it carves that neural pathway deeper and deeper. The only way to bypass this slow ebbing away like the Grand Canyon or the Colorado did to the Grand Canyon is you have to have a single event learning experience to create a crater that deep. And so now think of an asteroid hitting the Earth and mm-hmm. the big dent it leaves. Right. So, so there's the difference between a single event learning experience, so something traumatic – it could be traumatic good, it could be traumatic bad, but it's traumatic nonetheless. Or we can ebb it away like the Colorado onto the Grand Canyon. So in either case, the more often something is done, the easier it is to access it, the stronger the, the neural pathway is, the more difficult it is to break that habit. Okay? Makes sense. And the reason why people do what they do is because <clears throat> it's been ingratiated over time. And so it's very difficult to change a habit. You can't delete a habit, but you can certainly replace it because the neural pathway to make that choice exists in that way. In that way. And when people say, you just need more discipline or you just need more intestinal fortitude or willpower, and that's not it. Because what we know, especially from Dr. Joel Wade being on the show, is that discipline dissipates and willpower wanes. And so because of that... Um, we're more strong in the morning. Uh, so we're likely to succeed at things that we tackle early on. But as that conscious part of our brain, that seven to nine things plus or minus two gets overwhelmed by the end of the day, we are more likely to reach for that soda pop, make that expenditure or, or make an ineffective decision. That's the antithesis of what it is that we're trying to correct. And we won't be able to consciously override the subconscious. And if you think about it, if if I brought, like, let's say we had each had 100 members on our respective teams, and let's say we we're going to play some sort of game, and let's say I brought 12 of my people, and you brought 88 of yours, who do you think is going to win? <laughs> who is going to win, Michael? I think your 88 is going to clobber my 12%. Oh, yeah. Every time. It, it, even, it, but I, it, and the only way that I can overcome your 88% is if I'm super strategic and well-organized. Right. That's the only way that I'm going to be able to make that happen over time. 
and, 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 and win. Otherwise, we default to our previous training. Right. So that's part of why we don't make change. Yeah. Because it's easier to stay the same and complain oh, sure. about it. Yeah. People don't change until the pain of change is less. Yeah. Than the pain of staying the same. You have to get so uncomfortable. Yep. That fire under your fanny has to be turned up so hot that you finally move away from it. Right. Because the reality is the carrot always dangles on the stick. You're either not looking or you don't care. You'd like to have the carrot, but you're comfortable. You're complacent. Right. You're okay where you are. You'd like more, but you're not willing to make the effort to get more. Right. The only time you really move is when, when you've got the impetus to, like yep. something painful. Uh, so, so those are some of the challenges we have. So you couple that with our biology, and this is why we need to make more effective decisions. This key was actually inspired by some comments that my father um, had said to me years ago, and that's kind of how I came up with this key. This part of the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio is sponsored by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown for Keys to Riches radio listeners by visiting our website at keystoriches.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. Remember to use promo code WAX. So my late father's uh, saying to me was when I was asking for something and, you know, he was gone most of the time and my parents were divorced. So I, I and he always lived in another state. So I, I only saw him a handful of times. I don't think I even saw him 10 times growing up af- after he was gone. So, um, uh, he had said to me one time I had asked for something <clears throat> and he said, you know, the whole money doesn't grow on trees. <clears throat> And stuff like that. And, and we were taught. And I'm like, well, you're rich. And he's like, I'm not rich. And I'm like, why are you not rich? You handle, you know, millions of dollars for this very important, powerful business. And he said that, um, that it was easy to manage other people's money. And he could manage millions of other people's money each and every day. But he couldn't balance his own checkbook. Right. And the reason why is his emotions would get in the way. Mm-hmm. He would either feel entitled to do something because doggone it, he earned it or worked for it, whether right. or not financially he could afford it. Exactly. Um, you know, he felt uh, entitled or that he had earned, like, you know, he had this uh, emotional drive that, you know, uh, well, I worked hard all day. If I'm going to come home and I'm going to eat a half a gallon of ice cream and drink four beers, then I'm going to do that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, morbid obesity killed him. So, um, you know, overindulging because of this sense of entitlement, his emotions, you know, um, he, uh, you know, he he would buy, uh, my step monster things just to shut her up. She would just nag and nag and nag. He wasn't buying it because she needed it. He wasn't buying it because it was a prudent purchase. He was buying it to get out of an uncomfortable emotion. Sure. And so this, you know, watching this kind of inspired this key because, because he knew better. Wow. That's cool. He I knew mean, it's better. It's not cool, but it's cool that it inspired you. Yeah, I mean, he, he inspired this key. Because he knew better. If he could successfully, he was the go-to guy. They moved him all over the country to bring up the plants that were failing. Um, 
and he was the, always the turnaround guy. They'd take him in and, and have a, he would take a plant, and within six months to a year, he would go from red to profitable in a short period of time. Wait, sounds would, like he'd be worth a lot of money. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Yeah. But he was indulgent when it came to his own, you know, to his own life. And and so, you know, uh, all of this stuff came out after he died. He had fully borrowed among uh, of his uh, – he, he had fully borrowed against his 401K. So there was essentially nothing in there after they paid back the loan. Uh, he hadn't paid his taxes for years. So where did all that money go? You know what I mean? It's just the dichotomy of effectiveness in his professional life – and ineffectiveness managing his money in his personal life was really startling, you know, to find out that there was that not the, only that there was nothing left, that there was negative left. Yeah. It was just a crazy proposition. Yeah. It, it yeah. was just kind of insane. And so that's kind of, uh, you know, I'm looking at that. And then I started putting two and two together because when he passed away, all of this stuff kind of just started to really kind of sort of come out. You know, and uh, but he used to have all these little statues in his office about money. He had like a brand new uncirculated copper penny, and it talked about the power of a penny. And I always wondered what that was or what that meant. And he said, Well, if I raise the price of washcloths, because they were in the linen supply business, if I raise the price of washcloths by one penny, I can actually create this much money in new income. If I can cut costs, in this area by two cents, I can save. And, and he would show exponentially how it would work. And so I always liked that. That's one of the things I asked for. I like all these things I tried to get to my dad's that like, because business was his thing that, mm-hmm. you know, um, that all these things started coming out when I started asking for little stuff, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and all of the money thing is just like the most crazy deal. And so it made me start looking at things differently. I was running a home buyers club uh, f- with my mortgage company for people who couldn't qualify today. And that's kind of the keys to riches was sort of, it was born on another radio show, but from the lessons I was learning from all these people that couldn't get their financial act together, that made more than enough money to afford a house, but they had financial challenges. And so as I was looking at it and you looked at all of this stuff, that most of their purchases that put them in trouble were emotional purchases yeah, sure. or impulse purchases. And so that's what kind of made me explore this whole uh, – I, I explore the psychological base, but, but even though we did, that gives you some rationale for what goes on, but it doesn't stop it because knowing that you have psychological hangups doesn't fix it. Yeah, And so why are we still getting in it? And it's actually beyond emotion. It's actually biology. And that's what I learned the more I explored the brain and the more I started doing all of this research. So I came up with this very simple way to explain how we process information and why we can't be logical more often. And I call this my three amigos model for information processing. And, you know, uh, I chose the name because... There are three, if you remember the movie with Chevy Chase, Martin Short, and, and Steve right, Martin, right. Uh, it was super funny. Like Each one of them had like their own cute little redeeming quality, uh, but mostly they were bumbling along. Uh, but they could rise to the occasion when they worked together, when they yeah. cooperated. Remember, they, they conquered the infamous El Guapo, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, so, so 
that's why I thought, you know what, that's right. Because each one of these brains on its own is kind of lost uh, without all of them working together. And, you know, I got a tremendous response uh, at both the Atlas Society Summer Summit and Freedom Fest when I shared this concept. It was an aha moment for people Mm -hmm. because all of those people were intellectual people. All of those people, I mean, it's not like I was talking, you know, to um, uh, illiterate people or people that didn't make any money. These are all competent, professional people. And they were like, oh, my gosh. So many people kept coming out throughout the week to tell me about their aha moments. And so it basically works like this. So if you think in terms of the three styles of brains that we have, we have our original brain, our survival brain. We have our emotional brain or our our memories, our mammalian brain. And then we have our logic brain, which is our prefrontal cortex. And, And yes, I know that there is more to the brain than this. So all of you people, this is an oversimplification because this is radio. So I have to make it simple so you can understand it and create your own visuals because I can't give them to you because you can't see me. <laughs> I'm invisible. I have my cloaking device on. It works. So so if we think about this, um, th- the way it works is information comes in. Whether it is outside in a stimulus in our environment, like, you know, like a coyote runs across the street in front of us while we're driving, or it's a thought you have, I think I'm going to go work out today, or whatever it might be. It's an internally generated stimulus. You have a stimulus. So the, the, the process, let me boil it down to you, is I do, I feel, I think. And so the I do is actually our survival brain. It's our initial decision officer, okay? And his job is to keep you safe. He has a natural negativity bias, and that's what he does. Our I feel is actually our curmudgeon because this is our mammalian brain, so we emote and we remember in this area. And finally, our last brain where we, I think, is whom I call logic leery. And this is where we have the power of reason and logic. This is where we can solve problems. We can make evaluations in this area. And this is just an oversimplification, but this is the the process. So how can we possibly be logical, rational, and reasonable if it's the last thing we do to process information? It's not going to happen. Now, what do we and why is that? Well, it's because of the structure. So if you think of the brain in the terms of three stories, okay, it's a three story house. And on the first story, that's where the I do lives. And so his sole job is to keep you alive. So he will seek pleasure and avoid pain in this moment. And if it's not instinctive built in the DNA, it has to be programmed. Now, he doesn't know right or from wrong. He only knows how to survive. So even folks that do bad things, if it's built into their survival mechanism, like if you think, you know, children of um, serial criminals, um, that it's like a way of life. I think of, you know, the gypsies, you know, that – Stealing is what they do, you know, and uh, so I think of different cultures that have certain behaviors that would be considered aberrant to others would be perfectly normal to them. <clears throat> so they will do – so the I do can only do what's been programmed in. 
the curmudgeon, so if he gets triggered one way or another, he dumps hormone and he pulls the emergency level lever in the elevator and it can't go up to the next floor. And so when we shut off access to both our uh, emotions and memories as well as our logic, we can only react instinctively. We can't intellectually or effectively respond because we've been triggered to do so. So biologically, our blood rushes to our extremities, our heart rate increases, fine motor skills are eliminated, and we can either fight, freeze, or flee. And this is an important part to remember because our memories and our emotions are useless if we get triggered at this level. But likely, when we make a decision, we call it emotion, but it's really a biological one that we're making because we're either moving towards something or away from something. So we buy something to make ourselves feel better if we had a bad day. Uh, we spend money um, on our kids because we want them to have a better life, even though you can't afford it. You still do it anyway. So you're driven either towards pleasure or away from pain. And that's kind of the, the point of this week's key. So we have to think... Before we think, but how do we get there? We can't unless we maintain our physiology. And that's the purpose of this week's key. So if you would like a more in-depth explanation, please sign up for our free video series on our website at keystoriches.com and click on the fifth lecture, which is our take emotion out of the picture lecture. And you'll get all of the tools and resources you need to deploy this, uh, this key effectively. Thank you so much for stopping by. It's been great to have you here at Keys to Riches, powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. And for the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.